Well, good to, that you joined us again for the Holy Days podcast. I'm Apostle Freddie with Pastor Sean, and we're here today to uh, talk about the readings of this week, and uh, I can't pronounce it right, but... Uh, this y- week is Yitro. Yitro. <laughs> All right. So, and this deals with the uh, story of Moses, uh, and Jethro. Mm-hmm. So tell us uh, what that Yitro meant. Uh, a Yitro just means Jethro. Jethro. All right. So uh, so what do we have today? Well, we're going to start out with uh, talking about a little some of the things we covered last week. So we'll get, we talked about the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about God's intent on that. Okay. So God's intent was it, they were all meant to be priests. A kingdom, a nation of priests. Instead, we'll see in a later partial that the Levites get chosen, and that's because of the golden calf and some of the things that happened there. We'll get to that. But it was always God's intent to get the sin out of people's lives, uh, the sin of bondage, which was what Egypt represented, mm-hmm. and get the people to the point of being a kingdom and a nation of priests. They were supposed to be set apart. The whole idea was to be set apart from the entire world and well, be that. And that's what the New Testament teaches us, mm-hmm. that we are to be set apart from the world to live a, a righteous and holy life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is our goal, uh, that we can do that. Uh, sometimes teachings like this brings controversial issues. But, it does. Uh, you know, we're not here to stir up controversial. We're here to, to share uh, the truth as we know it and as God reveals to us. And so... That's why I'm so thankful and appreciative of Pastor Sean and his uh, in-depth study of some of these uh, things that will help us along our way. And if you're watching and you're a Christian and you're looking at this, what does all these words mean? Why are we going into all this Jewish stuff? Well, it's because of our Jewish roots in Christianity. We can't just simply ignore this, and maybe you'll learn something that you've never heard before, and that's my goal in that. But if there's any Jewish believers in Yeshua watching, or maybe you're not, I will point out as we go through how these things connect to Yeshua mm. and the comparisons, and I show you how that He is the Messiah, Amen. and that's my goal in all of this. Amen. And uh, so we're uh, we're excited to be with you today, and to uh, to share with you uh, uh, through scriptures and uh, through the Torah and uh, the Word of God with you. All right. So today's lesson, I'm going to uh, begin off with Keturah. She's mentioned in the book of Genesis and in First Chronicles. And she is mentioned in the Antiquities of the Jews by Josephus. Mm-hmm. And it's in the Talmud, the Midrash, and the Talgrim, and the Torah. Mm-hmm. And on many other writings in the Jewish literature, actually, it has a, her mentioned. Keturah bore Abraham six sons. This is after Sarah died. Uh, it was Zimran, Yoxan, Midian, Midian. Ishbak and Shaul. Now, I don't know if I said all those right, but <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but Genesis and Chronicles also mentions seven of her grandchildren that was sired from this. So Abraham had these children after Sarah. We don't often hear about it or even teach about it, right. but it's in our Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the Jewish people will go on and say that this was actually Hagar that he came back and met later. I cannot confirm that in any way, but I just thought I would mention that there are some of those that will argue that. So Yitro was said to be a priest of Midian. So Yitro was actually a descendant of Abraham, which is Jethro. So Moses' uh, father-in-law was a descendant of Abraham. 
So sometimes people looked at that and thought about the area where he must have came from and thought he been, must have been a kid of Esau or a kid, child of uh, that line, that area, but it's actually through Keturah, which would not mean he was an Edomite. He was actually from Keturah's line and not hmm. that. So it's just something to point out. And uh, Yitro's name, uh, Rauel, which is sometimes referred to, hmm. uh, means friend of God. So how many people in the Bible are called friend of God? Not very many. Not very many. <laughs> so uh, this was uh, a good guy, you know, and he was a, he was a priest of God. Hmm. So he came from, he had Abraham's teaching. This was the point of that. Because he was his grand, great, great, who knows, grand child. Right. So he had all of that knowledge with him. And it's funny as we go through some of the things that he'll respond to. Because Jethro heard about everything that was happening in Egypt with mm-hmm. Moses before he even got there. Now, right before we get into all of that, uh, we'll mention Moses' two sons. Gershom, which means I have been a stranger in a foreign land, and Eliezer, the god of my father's house, was my help delivering me from the sword of Pharaoh. That's what he named those two children for. And Jethro sends a word to Moses that he is coming, mm-hmm. and he's bringing his wife and his sons. So mm-hmm. after everything that Moses had been through on our previous lessons, he gets reunited with his family, finally, after all of that. So um, when Jethro rejoices over all the kindness that Yahweh had shown Israel, because him and Moses sit down and talk, and you can imagine the joy hearing all that God had done. It's always exciting mm-hmm. to hear what God has done uh, in people's lives. That's a uh, that's why we like uh, we call it testimonies, giving testimony uh, of the goodness uh, and the, the grace of God, how He blesses His children. And God's saying yesterday, today, and forever, uh, God wanted to bless His children. Uh, back in Moses and Jethro's day, mm-hmm. uh, saying He wants to bless us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jethro, uh, what I've always, you know, thought about Jeth- Jethro. We all need a Jethro in our life. Absolutely. Because when he came, he looked at all that Moses was doing and says, you know, look, you're, you're, you need to divide this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, sometimes in our lives, when one man tries to do it all, uh, you get, first of all, you get wore down. Mm-hmm. And then you get frustrated because things are lacking and you're, you can't perform as well. So it's better to have a team and it's better to have someone that you can take advice and counsel. And Moses had the wisdom to listen to Jethro and to follow his uh, his advice. Absolutely. So, and I, I think that's where we're. You know, that's, that's right where we're getting to. Uh, he said, "Blessed be Yahweh, who delivered you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh, and delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods." This is Jethro speaking. Yeah. Yes, by the result of their very schemes against the people. So he's saying, by their schemes to oppress and do everything, God was able to deliver them out. So that's it's it's a fascinating thing, to, a way to look at it, because they chose to sin and try to do evil, and God turned it around for good. And that's what he. That's one of the first places we see that in the Bible, but also from uh, Joseph, and you know we see this parallel happening all throughout. Yeah. The devil means it for evil, but God turns it around for good. Right. You know, this morning in uh, early Bible study with the men, we were in, in Ephesians chapter 6, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the, the powers of wickedness in uh, heavenly places. And, and you know, it's just, the devil is the same today as he always was. And exactly. Always trying to bring up the 
uh, the evil. So, And uh, some of the translations on that, it's funny you mentioned that verse in Ephesians, uh, powers is actually translated in some of them as governments. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's speaking, you know, the devil will use governments to come against God's people. Mm-hmm. And it, it promotes sins, promote their ways, promote the ways of man, and say, you should listen to us. But God's always calling us out from that. And we see that with the Egyptians, in which their kingdom represented bondage. Now, each kingdom after Egypt, and all the ones mentioned by Daniel, actually referred to a different kind of spirit of control. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them are confusion. Some of them are all these different aspects that we deal with, and we don't always recognize that there's a spirit behind us trying to take control and separate the church, the brethren, the people. Mm-hmm. All these things are happening. I'm not going to get into that today, yeah. but uh, it's interesting. But, you know, Egypt was all about bondage. And the people's mindset, as we go through this, we'll see it's all bondage. And it's being bound back to what that was, pulling us back in. We had food in Egypt. We had all the, we see this going through. It's a cycle of, of repetition. So I'm getting off track here. We'll get back onto it. So the priests that were serving with Moses at this point, because they're, they're making sacrifices and things, uh, they were the sons of Israel's firstborn. Now, they're, they forfeit this privilege when they worship the golden calf later on. I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And this is why the Levites are chosen. Became, became what they did. But God wanted the entire kingdom of priests. And every firstborn son from all generations onward. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine how Israel would have looked today. It was a nation set apart for all time. That, that was the intent of God. And we'll see that as we get closer to the end of time. That that's what his intent is in the thousand year reign and beyond. He wants us and everyone to be set apart and kingdom of priests. We're all meant to be holy. And that's, that's, you know, what the scripture says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and Mm -hmm. a holy nation. Exactly. Uh, You know, it tells us in scripture in the New Testament that we are a holy people, a Mm -hmm. royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's God's plan. Mm -hmm. What we see back in the Old Testament, we can bring it right into the New Testament that we are to be set apart, holy, special people unto God. Amen. 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 Uh, sin is what separates us from God's plan. True. And we'll, we'll see that. And sin is disobedience. Our, our world would be very different today if they had obeyed. Mm-hmm. Can, you can imagine. And even mm-hmm. in some scriptures it talks about uh, you would have been a nation forever. And But we'll get into that in a later. I'm getting way ahead of myself. But anyway... Uh, Ecclesia. We hear that word, and we we often translate it as the church. church. It's actually uh, the direct translation would be called out believers. Called out. So here we are again, called out, separated. God's constantly telling us that, mm-hmm. and is um, it's it's just interesting to see yeah. because all of these things, words, and translations, and things. Some of these things I haven't even got into. All point about being kadosh, separated, and the word kadosh for holy actually means separated. You know, and with the word ecclesia, mm-hmm. that brings us all back as one group, one people when we mention that. Because sometimes when we'll, we want to get into denominations or different things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think when we look at we are the ecclesia, we can be the ecclesia with all believers. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's all believers. Amen. So uh, it's a way to identify us as a people without having to put all the other titles on it. True. So it's, we're meant to be called out believers. Are you separated from the sins of this world? Or are you playing, 
Are you playing church? Yeah. Are you are you separated? Yeah. Are you playing uh, in all these different areas? Are you justifying sin? Are, are you really real with God? Have you, are you obeying what he told you to do? Or are you making up excuses for your sin and pretending like you don't have it? You so, know, these are, these are real questions that we need to go and ask ourselves. And many times people say, well, your God's a God of a bunch of rules and regulations. But really, all of this is about relationship. Mm -hmm. And it brings us into a relationship with God. When you're in relationship as a man and a woman, you honor and, and you, you know, you do righteous uh, by each other. God wants us to do righteous by him. Exactly. And, and how far can you get in a relationship if you're not honest with one another? That's true. It's the honesty that matters. Because it's, you can, you can have sin and struggle with sin, but if you're honest, people will carry through. Mm -hmm. But if you're hiding and lying and it just gets worse and worse... Mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll get to some of this later. So I'm going to touch on some of that again later. But, but you know, I'm going to say one thing you were talking about sin, and I may take you further off. It's even like uh, in the, our pastor's message on Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, he's quoted from Romans uh, chapter 3, 23, that uh, all, have, all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. and, and we all have, have sinned and we all fall short. But it's the point that we have that uh, repentance, that relationship to come back exactly. to God. And God is a God's not a God that is standing around with that club waiting to hit somebody over the head or or strike us down. But He He has mercy and grace that He wants to restore. And we see we'll see that through a lot of the different things mm -hmm. that God was always restoring the people. But uh, uh, you know, I just want to say this: if you feel like you messed up. There's still hope. There's still a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can give your heart to the Lord by repentance of your sin and confessing Christ, and you get restored back into that right relationship. Amen. And the, the, the dangerous part is not being honest about it. Yeah. The dangerous part is saying, hey, I'm going to justify it, or hey, I'm going to find a way that this isn't really sin. Because if we do that, what we're saying is, well, I didn't really need you to die on the cross. Hmm. I don't want to be that way. No. It's, I'd rather be honest with God and rather be honest with where I am. Uh, and, you know, people that are honest consistently grow and grow more in the Lord rather than not being honest because you're going to grow and separate yourself further and further out. And you'll see this happening in churches and places. If you're honest, you'll grow. If you're not honest and you're justifying things, you'll get bitter. And roots of bitterness, actually, some of these trees, like a sycamine tree, it, the roots grow deeper than the tree itself. Yeah. So if you have a root of bitterness in your life, it might be growing bigger than the tree that you're producing, supposed to be producing fruit from. Hmm. So it's, there's, that's a whole nother lesson. <laughs> but, uh, I think we're going to have a whole lot of a whole nother lesson. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's, see, let's try to get back on okay, track. Let's get on track. Uh, when Jethro sees how overworked Moses is, as you was mentioning, yeah. he asks, what is this you're doing? Yeah. You know? And Moses replies, it is because the people come to me and require of God. Mm. So Moses was the meekest man on all the earth. We know that we've been over there. This wasn't a sense of pride. Right. But Moses was the direct communication with God. So people, they all kept coming to him. And the, what I want to point out is, you know, have you ever been so overworked you didn't have time to train someone? <laughs> We felt that way. Yeah. And if uh, anybody who's old enough has been there, mm. and, you know, in jobs, uh, in management, in supervisor positions, you get overworked, companies don't hire someone, 
or they're there, but you don't feel like you don't have time to train them. There's, there's a lot of mothers out there handling so much for their families and feel overburdened, feel like they can't get to it. Uh, it's, it's a lot. Of, it, just about anybody here should be able to relate to Moses on this. Mm. But he was dealing with an entire set of people with foreign gods' mindsets, Egyptian mindsets, bondage, everything else you can imagine. So imagine the amount of complaints that he was dealing with. Millions of people coming up, and he's having to deal with all of that. And Jethro walks up and sees this like, what is this that you're doing? Yeah. You know. So, but Jethro was uh, a point in timing. Uh, you know, I don't believe that in the beginning that when Moses first met the children of Israel and first started leading them out, that uh, it would have brought more confusion. Uh, so Moses had to be established, and we've seen that with several different miracles that, that was performed by the staff through the hand of Moses. So Moses now is set up as the ultimate leader. Mm -hmm. And then he's now, he can branch out and he can uh, duplicate himself mm -hmm. and so to speak. And so uh, Jethro's visit, I think was perfect timing and mm -hmm. it was God's plan of timing yeah. uh, to, to work this out. And we see that uh, he comes into that situation of perfectly timed, like you said, and uh, you got to remember that when they were in Egypt, they were subject to the laws of Egypt. Mm -hmm. So the elders of Israel didn't really have a place. But now we'll get to the point where Jethro says, hey, you need to get elders. You need to get these council members. You need to get these people that can solve all these areas down to the smallest of cases and only bring you the ones that have uh, directly to do with God or directly to do with something, a major case, just like your Supreme Court would. Yeah. So he brings that apart and brings that wisdom and Moses does what he says. Yeah. So that they, they were able to establish that line, and here, right at the perfect timing, all the help seems to be resolved. So, You know, one of the things in there, he said, uh, uh, divide them up in groups and mm -hmm. different numbers for different leaders. And some had thousands, and some had hundreds, and some had just ten, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, you know, we can see that today in even churches. You have big churches, middle-sized, and small churches. But all is needed because uh, uh, some leaders, just that's all that they their, their assignment is to do. And so, you know, a lot of frustration today may be in the body of Christ, especially with pastors and leaders, because, you know, I'm doing all the things that this guy's doing, but how come I'm only got this small part? But we have to look and realize sometimes it's God's planning, and it's God's, then it'll It'll ha things will grow and explode when it's God's purpose and time. Yes. And if you, if you have it to where uh, you're waiting for a door to open, mm -hmm. you can wait all your life waiting for a door to open. Mm -hmm. Do what you can with whatever you got. If the door shuts in your face, find another door. Keep yeah. praying, keep seeking, keep asking. Because if you're called to do it, eventually that door will be opened. Mm -hmm. And you will have that opportunity to help. Because believe me, pastors, preachers, everybody needs help. Yeah. But it may not be the right timing, or God may be taking you through a wilderness journey to get you where you need to be. Because right. we're called to it, but we may not be ready for it. And yeah. that's the thing, is but waiting for that open door. The children of Israel had a promise mm -hmm. of the promised land, uh, but uh, we, we don't want to jump too far ahead, but we're going to see that they weren't quite ready. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason they were still unwilling. Sometimes it's uh, we want uh, something and it's, it's a good thing that you want. It's a good desire, 
but sometimes it's not God's right timing or you're not ready. And so it's all preparation. And don't despise the day of small beginnings. You may start small. And if you start small, just roll with it. Roll with the punches that come from it. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. Mm -hmm. And keep producing that fruit. Because at some point, you'll get the opportunity. Right. As long as you're honoring God, that it will come. But getting off track here. (laughs) Let me get back on track. Uh, Find yourself some prayer warriors. Pray for one another. Right. If you don't have anyone to pray for you, uh, find our YouTube or Facebook channel. I'll leave it in the comments today. Put your prayer request on there. We'll pray for you. We ain't, we're not opposed to that. We'll absolutely pray for you and pray for this broadcast. If you like it and if you don't like it, definitely pray for it. So, <laughs> We need all the prayer we can get. Amen. But, uh, you know. You know, speaking on prayer, I just want to throw this out there. We, we are going to ask you to pray for us. Because uh, we got something real exciting happening here in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just in a couple of days, uh, Sean, myself, and some other, we're headed to the Holy Land. We're headed to Israel. And uh, our next uh, uh, podcast, uh, our next couple of podcasts, we will be filming and doing while we're in Israel. So uh, uh, there may be a lot of uh, technical issues <laughs> Uh <laughs> If our next uh, couple look choppy or some other form of it, it's because we're there. So we hope to bring you some live pictures uh, from uh, Israel Absolutely. and the Holy Land. So definitely pray for us that uh, our equipment uh, is uh, is safe and works and uh, we have Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and all of the things that we need. But uh, a great opportunity uh, to actually go to uh to the Holy Land where much of this, you know, where all the scriptures was laid out and walked and we'll, we'll drive through some of the, the places that, and it's, it's going to be an, an exciting trip. Uh, now, I've had the opportunity to go once and this will be my second trip, but Sean, this is going to be your first trip and uh, what are you looking forward to on this trip? Well, it, walking where Jesus walked, seeing the things, all these stories in the Bible, and just experiencing that to the full depth, I know it's going to come alive to me in ways that, that it never has before. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to be there, and we hope to share with you as much of that journey as possible. Uh, I know we're going to film, I'm going to be filming everything I can, mm-hmm. and taking pictures of everything I can. We hope to come there live, but we'll have to see how things work out. Uh, we may not be able to do live because of connection issues, but we'll we'll be back when we get back. You'll see everything. So it should be an amazing journey. It will be. And uh, so speaking of an amazing journey, the children of wilderness, they're still on an amazing journey here. Amen. So I'm going to bring out this point because uh, I just want to touch on one little thing. Uh, choose from among the people, capable men, God-fearing men, men of truth, those who hate bribes. Yeah. And put them over the people. Imagine if we did that in politics. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further on that. Right. Okay. But uh, I just, you know, I've read through that, and that was the first thing that popped in my head. Imagine if in government they didn't accept bribes. Mm. It's just, wow. You know, it, it would really be something. Mm. So, um, you know, Jethro brought his family back to him, and then uh, Jethro, he leaves after this a little occurrence. And after he helped Moses establish all of this. So he really he really saved Moses' bacon here because uh, yeah. there's no way he would have kept men able to, to do all of that. But in chapter 19, verse 2, having journeyed from Rephidim, they entered the wilderness in Sinai and camped 
next to the mountain of God. So this is where we're at now, the children of Israel right next to Mount Sinai. And God calls Moses up the mountain. Mm. He tells, you have seen what I've done to the Egyptians. Now if you will obey me faithfully and keep my covenant, you shall be treasured possession among all the people. Mm. Treasured possession. Uh, I'm going to touch on that later with some New Testament correlations. Okay. And we're going to get into that, but uh, I'm just going to keep going for the moment. But you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There it is again. Mm -hmm. That's God's intent. Uh, Spelled out right in front of us, treasured among all people. That was the intent of all of it. The elders agree to these terms. They say, we agree to all that Yahweh has said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In uh, verse 8. And so this is the beginning of what we see as a marriage contract between God and Israel. Mm -hmm. And it, it happens right here. They agree to marry. They agree to his terms. And then Moses goes back up the mountain. Now, in verse 10, 11, this is where we get into that. Uh, Go to the people and warn them to stay pure today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes. Verse 12 and 13, warn not to touch the mountain until the blast of the shofar, the ram's horn, at the long blast, and warned not to have relations with women during that time. So to stay as pure as they can. And then 16 through 19... I actually have the uh, pictures here. So, well, 15 through 19. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. The men among you should not go near a woman. On the third day, as morning dawned, there was thunder, lightning, and a dense cloud upon the mountain. There was a very loud blast of a horn, and all the people who were encamped trembled. And then Moses led the people out of the camp toward God, And they took their places at the foot of the mountain. Verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke, for Yahweh had come down upon it with fire. The smoke rose like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled violently. And we see in verse 19, the blare of the horn grew louder and louder as Moses spoke. God answered him in thunder. So his voice sounded like that of thunder. I'm going to show you what a kiln looks like here. Mm-hmm. And just some of the smoke coming out from above it. Um, and the reason why I'm going into all of that, these are giving hints as to the location where this is taking place. And also that the, the voice of God sounds like the blast of a shofar. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't tell Moses to blast the horn. Right. He said, when you hear the sound. Mm-hmm. So this is God speaking with his power. And he's making a demonstration here mm-hmm. unto them. And it sounds like that reverberating blast going through. So we got lightning, we got fire. He's burning the mountaintop. All of these things are occurring, and there's smoke everywhere. A canopy is being created over the tribes. They're at the base of the mountain. All of this is being set up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, Hollywood can't produce uh, any more theatrical than what was taking place right here. Mm-hmm. And God warns Moses not to let any of the people or the priests near to sanctify themselves lest he break out against them. Because he's holy, and if they're going to walk up to his presence unsanctified, Mm -hmm. drop dead on the spot. That's what you're looking at here. Um, I want to address this because we got some outlying things here going on. This is a significance of not everyone will go in the rapture. So God is telling his people to come out from among the worldly ways. Don't play church. For many will say, Lord, Lord, but will not enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. There is that part there. This is why I, I try to warn. Because yes, we have sin. Yes, we can repent, but be honest. And whatever God has called you to do, even if it's small, just get started in it. And it's, uh, you got to think about the apostles. Jesus spoke to them. Come follow me. And they came. Right. Abandon everything. They immediately. Had immediately. Yeah. And businesses, yeah. who knows what else they had. Dropped it. Yeah. Drop of a hat. Followed God. That, that's what's required of us as we approach this end time. Because we're coming to the end, the close of the dispensation of grace. When that happens, what comes next? Judgment. Mm. And... I just, for me, I feel that sense of urgency, you know, in the, from the people of God and from churches and from everywhere, is to get yourselves ready and start being separated out of that stuff now mm. while, it's, while we have time and it won't be as difficult. Because when disaster starts striking and all these things we're going to see come, it's, it's people are going to panic because they weren't mm. ready. Right. And with the people of God come out from among them, be separated, be holy, you know. And be ready for that. You know, as we we look at this whole everything of the story from the that life was good, as we talked in earlier in uh, in Egypt when they first came. You know, they first got there during the famine. They they had three hundred and thirty some years of uh, blessings, prosper. They grew, they grew, they grew, and uh, and that's what brought the fear upon Pharaoh and them. Look, they're going to outnumber us, to overtake us. But then persecution started, mm -hmm. you know, and then, then there was a deliverance. Well, you know, we here in, Amer in America, we, we've had life is good. But persecution has really came upon the people in the last few years. Uh, it's increasing. Uh, <clears throat> and that, the Bible never promises that we won't live a life without persecution. But, um, you know, you can look at, every bit of us, and see the picture of the church today. Uh, things are increasing in the persecution, and I do, I do believe that we're on the, the verge of a, a great deliverance for the body of Christ. Amen. And so that's why it's important. And, you know, even in, in teaching, what, what we're doing is to show parallel mm -hmm. that uh, with, uh, you know, the Old Testament is not to be done away with. We're supposed to look at it to help us walk in the New Testament, mm -hmm. help us fulfill what we're, we're called to do, and, and a lot of the examples of, of all of this. So uh, Absolutely. It's, uh, it's an exciting day. To, to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is. And uh, bringing out that Old Testament into the New Testament correlation, it solidifies, it gives you, a, to me, it gives you a little bit more foundation on what you it, already it believe. It does. And uh, I just see the parallel of this. And uh, So, so uh, I'll take this moment to say, when, you, when it comes to those that you're praying for, say, uh, well, I'm praying for somebody, a kid, a son, a daughter, mm -hmm. or something that is not right with God. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off and say this. You know, if you're arguing with someone who is justifying what they're doing, knowing that it is wrong, we're, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Um, it comes to a point where you stop arguing with them. Because the more you argue with a person like that, and you know, even Proverbs touches on this. Yes. Uh, you're arguing with a contentious person. You're arguing with a person who's constantly justifying. You're going to lose arguments and not exactly know what to say. And there'll be that spirit of confusion. Mm -hmm. And God has not given us, you know, a spirit of fear or confusion or anything else. It's, you got to be separated from that. So you say, you know what you're doing is wrong. 
and you only say what the Holy Spirit tells you to say in a situation like that. Because every each and every word that you speak to a person that's in that kind of spirit, they will use anything, any ammo they can to turn it to make it look like that's the way I'm supposed to go yeah. and get you to agree with it on top of it. Mm-hmm. When you know you've heard from the voice of God, this is not the direction for them. So you got to stop arguing with, with that. Mm-hmm. You pray for them and you only speak what God tells you to speak. And this is the way I've always advised that because the more you argue, the further you'll drive them away. Yeah. And the, you know, we don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not our goal. That's not our purpose. But on the other and do we offend God when we don't preach the truth or declare the truth? Exactly. And uh, the truth sometimes hurt. I've been hurt by the truth, mm-hmm. and I had to deal with it. I didn't get mad at the one telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, my weakness or sin had been exposed, and I need to deal with it, and I need to make the attitude adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're not here to offend you. We're here to share with you that uh, you too, uh, ourselves, we can be made righteous in the eyes of God by our repentance and just uh, allow God to, to, to teach us and speak to us. So, Amen. So. You know, not too long ago, I had uh, a root of some things I would even go as far to say. Uh, there was a little bit of bitterness there, and I had to take a step back and examine myself and say, God, show me. <laughs> Because something is not quite right with the way that I responded to some of these things. And, you know, he dealt with me on that. Mm. And that's the thing. Being honest with him to get rid of the deep roots that can, you don't want to have that uh, sycamine tree uh-huh. root base that grows deeper than the fruit you're producing. Right. It's get that out of your life. You don't need that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's dealing with those personal things. You know, can we be honest about it? It, it? Have we ever had a time where bitterness was trying to spring up in our life mm-hmm. or bondage or anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just be honest with God and, you know, let the Holy Spirit deal with you. Make yourself pure. Mm-hmm. Be set apart. You know, sanctify yourself and be so that you can receive from the Lord. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly the instructions that was given. Uh, here uh, to the people as Moses went up to the uh, on the mountain the, the, again another time or so. And, re- and remember, you know, the, the spirit over that was is bondage mm-hmm. over Egypt. And that's what we're talking about. I can go into so many others, but let's talk about that bondage. You know, it's how can I keep you exactly where you are in bitterness? How can I keep you exactly where you are in that? The high thoughts exalting themselves mm-hmm. in your mind. Uh, well, I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> you got to let that go because that's not a spirit of love. Mm-hmm. Even if you know you're right, if you can't walk up to a pastor or, or an apostle or someone and say, hey, I think you guys are going about this the wrong way. So let's just say that's an example. Mm-hmm. If, you, if I can't walk up to him in a spirit of love and talk to him about that face to face calmly, I, I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he's right or not, I'm not right in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing to consider there. So get rid of that root of bitterness and then go talk to people and tell them, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Mm. You know, it's it's all in the approach of how we do it. Be Church. separated. Mm. Holiness. Come out from among them. That's that's the matter. I know we keep repeating that, but let's. Uh, so we're getting to the point of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show evidence of the location here. Uh, let me bring this up. I'm going to kill the camera for a second. And I'm going to bring up this map. Uh, 
And uh, if you're on the podcast, uh, I know you guys can't see this, but if you look it up in the Gulf of Aqaba, there is that that was also known as the Red Sea. And that's to the right of where uh, the traditional location was. But in the Gulf of Aqaba, they the children of Israel, according to all the Jewish uh, people, they, that's where this happened, where the Red Sea came out. So over here in Midian, you can see on the map, it says Midian. It's where the Midianites were, uh, Jephro and Moses' father-in-law, and also the mountain of Jabal al-Laws, where is actually Mount Sinai in this teaching. And we're going to go into some of the evidence there. I'm going to show you some of that. Now, this is Mount Sinai there, and you'll see that the top of the mountain is burnt. And this is where, you know, the smoke coming up and the fire, he came down with fire. The mountain trembled, the word said. And then we're going to go into the 70 palm trees. There's mm -hmm. a location of the palm trees and the 12 wells. Right. It says that it was there. The split rock. There's a split rock. That rock, uh, on the picture on the screen right now, where that crack is at the very bottom, a man is not even tall enough for that spot. So you can't really see on this picture how big this rock is, mm -hmm. but it is a really big rock. So, you know, it's just some of these things that this is where the Jews believe that it is. This is where your Muslims believe that it is. Mm -hmm. And as from a Christian perspective, a long time ago, it was further over to the West. So there is controversial on where these sites were. Yes. You know, that's one of the things when we go to the Israel next week, um, when I was there before, a lot of points that we go to, they say, we believe this is the location. Uh, so there's even controversial, even here it is 2,000 years later, still just trying to determine whether this is the right spot or is it over there. Uh, we, we took a trip to South America, to Ecuador, and uh, the scientists and everyone says, this is the right spot, the center of the equator. But the Ecuadorians say, no, it's over here, 150 yards or 300 yards to, to the side. And, and they got demonstrations to prove it. Mm -hmm. But today, the science of steel like, no, no, it's, it's where we put it because mm -hmm. we put it there. So there's controversial, you know, in things of that. But there's also a lot of controversies over there, especially over the mountain where things are at. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, there again, it's we're not here to uh, mess up your theology. Mm -hmm. It still happened. Mm -hmm. And it happened uh, just maybe not on this mountain. Maybe it was a, a few... Uh, Hundred miles to the to the east or west, right? And it, you know, and just looking at it, it, I don't want anyone to get bent out of shape on some of these right. things. Because, like, I will mention things and say, uh, "You watch my words." Mm -hmm. They believe this is what they teach. They, and this is where uh, th this was said, and this teaching is. So, I'm not telling you necessarily that's law. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't get that out of it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, there is evidence to support this theory. Whereas in the original area. We don't find many of that. Well, so. you know, uh, in all of my teachings and uh, learnings uh, that I've been through for the last 35-some uh, years, uh, I've never seen some of those pictures. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that split on that rock like that. I've read it, heard about it, but never actually seen some of this. So, uh, you know, proof is in the, the visual seeing of things. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what we're, we're trying to do, just show you, hey, it, this is there, so. And, and you know, it's, it, 
It's important not to get offended at it. And, and, and at the same time, you know, they believed the earth was flat for a long, long time. And then they, they believe it's round. Now some people believe it's flat again. I ain't going to get into all that. But uh, we're going to get to the next part. You know, um, all the people witnessed the thundering and lightning, the blare of the horn, and saw mountain smoking. Uh, and they fell back and stood at a distance. This is the point where God is trying to call them up the mountain and the people decide at that point in verse 16, uh, you speak to us, Moses, and we will obey. But let not God speak to us lest we die. Lest we die. Hmm. So you got to think they had the fire, they had the lightning, the, the smoke, all these things are happening. And his voice sounds like a trumpet shaking everything, you know, and the mountain is trembling. Of course, they're afraid. And but it's God's true purpose. And he goes into this in verse 17. Moses tells them this is only a test. Be not afraid. And also that they fear God and not go astray. That's what this is about. You know, have the fear of God, have that healthy fear. Mm. And that's what he's trying to tell them. So Moses knew what was going on. Right. But the people were afraid. Mm. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, I think you know the answer. Put me on the spot. <laughs> How many times does it say in the Bible, be not afraid or don't be afraid? Well, they say it's uh, uh, one for every day of the year, 365 times you'll find uh, fear not in the Bible or mm -hmm. don't be afraid. That is exactly right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've never counted them all, but I know that they're there mm -hmm. uh, many, many times. That And God, that is, that's a message God wants us to understand, that if, if it's a 365 times, then that's one uh, for every day of the, that we live every year that we can walk without fear. And if we don't get anything, we need to understand God does not want his people to be fearful. Exactly. So, yeah, 365 days. 365 days. And one for every day of the week. So well, no matter what you're going through, the message from God is be not afraid. Fear not. So we're going to go through the Ten Commandments here. So Moses is up on the mountain at this point, and he's receiving those Ten Commandments. So we're going to go through this real quick, and I'm going to go ahead and read it because sometimes we just have the base outline. We'll just go into in depth. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, Yahweh, am your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods besides me. That's one. Number two. You shall not make for yourself a sculpted image or any likeness of what is in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. So nowhere <laughs> you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the God Yahweh, am an impassioned God, visiting the guilt of the parents upon the children upon the third and fourth generations of those who reject me, but showing kindness to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's two. Mm -hmm. Number three, you shall not swear falsely by the name of your God, Yahweh, for Yahweh will not clear one who swears falsely by God's name. I thought that one was interesting because it just says, do not swear falsely. But when you read it in detail, he will not clear one that does that. Right. Number four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day, your God, Yahweh. You shall not do any work, you, your sons or daughter, your male or female slave or your cattle or the stranger who is within your settlements. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them 
and then rested on the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now we're going to get to the last few. Number five, honor your father and mother that you may long endure on the land that your God Yahweh is assigning you to, or to you. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And number ten, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So he covers like the entire thing on uh, the 10th one there. Mm-hmm. Nothing that is your neighbor's. Now, I can honestly say that when my dad used to get uh, a Jeep or anything else, the next thing we notice is everyone down the road had Jeeps. <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay, what's going on here? Well, he, he's had a lot of that. And he's like, he can't buy shoes or stuff, shirts or things of friends of his. They'll go out and buy the same thing he's got. But uh, it's not necessarily what it's saying here, but not to be jealous of these things, you mm-hmm. know. Um, is there any point on that? Uh, well, you know, just reading the Ten Commandments this morning, <clears throat> I was talking that we were studying the book of Ephesians, and we were looking at chapter 6, and it points out the, this, uh, the commandment, the fifth commandment here, that says, honor your father and your mother. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, <clears throat> it says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we, we overlook that. Yes. Uh, with promise. And it says that that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Uh, and your fathers, you know, it tells them, do not provoke your children. But, um, you know, honor mothers and fathers. That is, that's something that uh, is, uh, is lacking today in, uh, in the earth. Oh, yeah. uh, we don't honor our, our parents, uh, and uh, of course, it goes into the, the fathers not to pro- provoke their children to anger, mm-hmm. and sometimes we see that happening. And uh, God is a, a God of family, God of love and re- restoration, and so uh, we need to remember our elderly and our mother's family. We need to honor them. Absolutely, and, and that was that was a natural in the Old Testament and uh, mm-hmm. throughout the, the whole Bible. And, you know, it's, uh, it's touching on that. When I was a young man, you know, I believed just about everything my dad said was wrong. <laughs> well, But I gritted <clears throat> my teeth, and I didn't always confront him on it because I was like, there's no way that I'm right about all of this. I knew that. So I didn't argue with him as much as I could have. But at the same time, I was like, I swore to myself, he's wrong about all of this. Okay. And, you know, and I just had to fight and fight through that. And today, you know, uh, just yesterday, we're out riding motorcycles together. <laughs> yeah. So is that uh, when you, if you can grit your teeth, and especially young people, you know, listen to your parents while it's time. You know, that's the one scripture that uh, the prophet gave me once when I was a young man. He said, listen to your parents for the next three years and then do what I tell you to do. And I gritted my teeth and I endured and I went through it, believed they were so wrong about everything. And nowadays, every once in a while, I'll go up to my dad, and he'll give me advice like Jethro does. Well, you know, and uh, they, it, there's a story that when we were young, 
Well, you're a young child. We thought our dads were the smartest people on the earth. Mm -hmm. But when we get to that 12 and 13, we find, we think they're the dumbest people on the earth. Mm -hmm. But as we hit the 20s, well, they're not as dumb as we thought. Mm -hmm. uh, the 30s, you know, they. I need to listen. In the 40s, they had lots of wisdom. Yes. And so we learn <laughs> things in life. And uh, so, uh, but honor. Honor your, fa uh, your father and your mother. Uh, so... And it, it comes with a promise. Amen. You know, we always told our kids, we brought you into this world. We can take you out. <laughs> so uh, we tried to get them to uh, have the fear of mom and dad in them. But, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> Bible says spare not the right. You know? <laughs> but, uh, and, well, getting back to the lesson, we were at, uh, they got the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And then uh, God delivers the, the ketuvah. Now, I'll go into the, what that word means, but the, it's the marriage contract or prenup. Prenuptial agreement is what you could say ketuvah means in Hebrew. But the people of Israel had that hoopah over them, the cloud that burnt everything, mm -hmm. the mountain of smoke. They agreed to the terms. And how do we know in this kind of situation? Because Moses goes up, and he's the only one that goes up the mountain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to point that out. Uh, Aaron comes up later. Mm -hmm. They obey. Only select few get to go up the mountain. How do we know for sure that we'll be taken in the rapture? That's what I want to point out here, because you put Yeshua first, Jesus, mm -hmm. you repent, and you do the work that he created you to do, small or big. You may have had a vision for mountains moving and everything else, but start wherever you are. Because, you know, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. You know, find him. Do whatever it takes, because look at the children of Israel. Who got to go up the mountain? Very, very few. And you don't want to be one of those. And, you know... Uh, when it comes to the rapture, and we, there's so many similarities. We're getting ready to get into that, all the similarities that we've talked about, and I'll give you the correlations. But uh, what are the things that pointed to Yeshua in this lesson? Let's get, let's get into that. Israel is a uh, treasured people. First Peter 2.9, the church is Israel and was a kingdom of priests. In Revelation uh, 1 and 6, kings and priests unto God. So uh, God appeared on the mountain on the third day after they sanctified themselves. Christ was raised on the third day. God came down in the clouds on the mountain. Acts uh, 1, 9 through 11, they saw Jesus ascend into the heavens in a cloud. Mm -hmm. And then the angel tells them what? You can, the way you've seen him uh, disappear, he'll reappear. There you go. And uh, the lightning before the children of Israel on the mountain in Matthew 24, verse 27, lightning flashes east to west, so it will be on the day of the return of the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. And then we get to another one. God's voice is a trumpet. First Thessalonians 4.16. When you hear the trumpet, you know, those that are in Christ will be called up. I saw him smile, so I had to point it. <laughs> uh, the voice of the archangel. It was the same scripture. Uh, God called, remember, the ram's horn, boom, mm -hmm. boom. The voice of the archangel, same thing. We got, we got these similarities. We got these uh, parallels happening here. God called Moses up the mountain and one of the children of Israel, but they were afraid. The saints will be caught up in First Thessalonians four seventeen, but some do not truly know Him. Yeah, it's it's, it's just the truth of it. <clears throat> so you know, you can see uh, as we look at the Old Testament, as we go through these readings, uh, uh, and we bring, we can show you in New Testament how. Very similar, very things that have been prophesied and spoken. We can see that this is what it was in that day. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can vision it looking a little different because it will be a little bit different. But uh, Isaiah 46.10 says, Declaring the end... 
from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have to go to the beginning to, to, to find out the end. And I think this is a perfect example today. Absolutely. That we uh, need to be assured that uh, Jesus Christ is coming back for his bride, for his church, without spot, wrinkle, without blemish. And uh, we need to be ready. Mm-hmm. So we need to be watching and praying. And we, uh, we ask that uh, you uh, uh, take it to heart that uh, you make yourself ready. Sanctify yourself. And, and it's simple. We, we're going through talking about the Romans road that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross so that we might be saved. And salvation is a free gift. Uh, the greatest thing is you don't have to wait until you get yourself right. You come as you are because Christ takes you just as you are. And then let him do the cleaning and the, and the training of you in preparation. So uh, we pray that prayer found in Romans chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, that, that you confess with your mouth that Christ uh, is the Son of God, died on the cross, rose on the third day, and you will be saved. Amen. And that way, you'll be ready for the rapture and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our goal and purpose in this. Amen. And, you know, as, we, as we're going along, we see earthquakes in various places. we got Syria and Turkey that just happened. I've seen this morning 7,800 people have died in that earthquake. That's terrible. And we pray for them, and hopefully that works out. Uh, they can find as many as they can. Mm. Uh, but I would also say don't be surprised. Don't be surprised this year and then in the coming next 10 years or so, disasters, crises, all these things must happen before the return of the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's coming. We know He's coming. It's, we've never had a signs like we've had in these days. It's, we're in the holy days. Definitely in the holy days. Amen. And so we want to thank you for uh, listening today to our Holy Days podcast. Uh, share it uh, let, with all of your friends. Let them know. We hope this teaching will help you and strengthen your walk with Christ. Amen. Apostle, would you lead us out in a prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for all of our listeners. I thank you, Lord, Father, that uh, you, uh, you love us. And, Lord, you don't leave us in the dark. You bring in light to a world. So, Lord, we ask that you would illuminate your words to us, bring light to us, that we can share light. And we ask, Lord, Father, God, that the words that have been spoken will be light to your people today. So we pray for the peace. We pray for all of those suffering in the world today. And Lord, Father God, that all may know you and come to accept you as their Lord and Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is great.